Here's Alexis Sanchez! What a finish! Walcott's going to go through and score! Into the middle, Giroud! It's two! Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. I'm Russell Hargreaves. On today's show, we're going to talk to a couple of Gunners legends. We'll hear from Charlie George a bit later, but we'll start with perhaps Arsenal's greatest ever number one, David Seaman. He's going to be going into the National Football Museum's Hall of Fame in October. Here's his conversation with Nick Brumsack from earlier this year. We've been watching a lot of your, your best saves, and obviously the one that, that springs to mind is the one against Sheffield United in the FA Cup semi-final. Um, yeah. Was that your favourite ever save? Yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like lots of reasons why, you know, because at that time of my career, I was 39, um, and I was supposedly past it. <laughs> you know, and then I go on to make a save like that, which, you know, just defied all this age scenarios and all the reactions was uh, are gone and all that sort of thing. What are your memories of it? Um, I, I remember it just being like a pinball. <laughs> you know, the ball was going like from side to side, you know, and people were having like goes at you of heading it and like <laughs> messing it up and then it, but it was always alive and you know, I just remember like moving my body side to side and then when um, Pesky Toledo got his head on it, I just remember it being behind me. <laughs> and, and just thinking, you know, just go, you know, go for it, you know. And I've, I've seen, I've seen some of the pictures on it, and you know, when you when you look at it, you see like my, the muscles in my legs are all like really strained, and you know, like really, uh, you know, like tense and trying to get get to the ball. And then I remember just like getting my hand behind it and realizing that it's not going to bounce off my hand. I'm going to have to scoop it. Um, and then when I when I scooped it out, I knew it was really close to the line. You know, when it's midair like that, you can never tell whether it's over or not. You know, and obviously it wasn't over, but at that at that moment in time, you can never tell. You can only tell if the ball's right right on the line or just gone over it. Yeah. You know, like when it's on the floor. You know, so I, I wasn't still sure then. But the biggest thing about the save, which makes, it, it, it doesn't make it a good save, but it makes sure that it's remembered, is the guy that followed the rebounding, blazed it over the bar, and it was like a really good chance. Yeah, 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 if absolutely. If he puts that in, that save never gets remembered. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, so when you made the save at the time, did you know how good it was straight away afterwards? No, I knew I'd made a good save. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's weird because like you look back at saves, and, and when you're playing, you think, oh, that was, that was a really good save. And then you watch it on TV and it looks easy. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, about like, but that one felt, it felt a good save. And, uh, and on TV, it looks even better. <laughs> and was it special as well? Because it was a combination, wasn't it, of technical skill, but also the importance of the game and the situation at the time that you made the save? It, yeah, it was, it was technical skill. And, you know, but, cause you want to go into that later about, you know, like, um, and yeah. being ready for anything, you know, and, and that's what that highlighted, you know, that I was ready for everything, you know, I'd made one adjustment for one guy's attempt and then I had to make another adjustment for another guy's attempt and then in the end I had to make an adjustment for the real attempt. Mm. Um, but yeah, the importance of it was massive because we were one little put at the time and we were struggling. Yeah. You know, I think everybody will agree with that and, um, you know, to get... Yeah, one 
pitch with Sheffield United, it, we would have been struggling to, to get through that tie. You know, because even though we were one 0 up, we were we weren't playing the best football that we we know that we can play. Okay, um, and in terms of, of watching it back, obviously Aaron Ramsey scored a, a really nice goal against Galatasaray recently, and um, I know he said that he, he watched it back a, a load of times after the game yeah. to try and kind of understand it and make sense of it. Did you do that as well? Is it a save yeah. that you've seen a lot of times? I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times, you know, and, and every now and then he gets like put out on Twitter and stuff, and it's just great, you know. And then, and, but then what, what's weird is like because it's on YouTube and that people people then see it for the first time mm. you know all different ages you know and then the, you know so it's always it's always remembered and um, yeah you know I, I've, I've seen it lots and lots and analysed it you know and like I said you know even like down to the finest details of looking at Abbey muscles but it's like so tight in my leg and <laughs> arching and straining to get to the ball and away from that Saber there are any other ones that you made during your career that would still live in your memory now I remember one that I made against Aston Villa at Highbury. It's a long time ago, and it, it, it never got replayed or anything like that. But it was a deflection, and I'd run out like to, to get the ball, almost like from a cross. But it was a near post cross, and I'd run out to dive, and then it got deflected. So I, my left hand had to like arch it behind me and pull it out. But it, it's hard to describe, you know, if you, if you can't see it. And I've never seen it on TV since. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the more the more important saves that I always remember is, is the Scotland penalty save against Gary McAllister. Of course, yeah. You know, in a weird way, because it wasn't textbook save. Mm. You know, it was with my elbow. But it was it shows that you know, as long as you your your head still, you can make saves with whatever part of your body. You know, as long as like you know, if you get a deflection or something strange happens, as long as you don't panic in your head there is a chance that you can make them, them sort of saves. And do you, you remember... Know, and then the importance of it, of, you know, against Scotland, we were 1-0 up at the time, I made the save, Tony Adams gives me a massive kiss, which <laughs> I quite appreciate, because <laughs> he died a shave. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we go down the other end and, and Gaza scores a fantastic goal. Of course, yeah, and, and, and obviously never look back after that. Yeah. Um, are you one of these, these goalkeepers that remembers most of your big saves or do they kind of all blur into one after a while with the exception of no I remember saves I remember lots of saves you know and, and you know you also remember mistakes as well of course yeah you know of course you do but you know like you, you know I'm, I'm lucky in a way you know I've, I've made a lot of good saves that have meant a lot in games mm-hmm. you know big games and stuff like that you know like one of my one of my one of the favourite saves is the save that I made from Zola in the, the Cup Winners' Cup final. Okay, yeah. When we, when we played Palmer. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we beat them 1 0 and I made a really good save, but the the story behind that was that I think it was about a week and a half before we played QPR and a little with Bradley Allen. Remember the striker, Bradley Allen? Yeah. He. Um, I went up for a cross and he was on his spot. He was nowhere near the ball and he decided to put his elbow up and he smashed three of my ribs. Oh really? So you, you so I broke three of my ribs or, cr- or cracked, you know, broke, yeah, broke the ribs. Um, so I had to have like about five painkilling injections before the, the Palmer game to play. Oh wow, okay. And then I had another another four or five at half time to get me through the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I make a great save there, you know, and, and it's on the side where I've got the broken ribs with my right arm. <laughs> the, the, the time as well, or, or did you not take any notice of that? 
No, no, because once once I had the uh, injections, it was numb. Okay, yeah. course, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then the celebrations after took care of the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and did you have a particular uh, favourite type or style of save? You know, it's maybe diving no, through a stretch not, or, or no, diving. Like, as a goalkeeper, you've got to, you, you know, this, when, I look, when I looked at the email that Matt sent me, that you, you've got to be ready for everything. Not, mm. not for everything, for anything. You know, because you don't know what sort of save. I, 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 the, my favourite save would be reaction saves. Mm-hmm. You know, ones that are like, you know, not not like a long shot where, you, you know, you've got time to move your feet and things like that. It's like the quick reactions that you see. And and, that, and they're, they're, I like them because you, you've got to be in a set position or a position where your head's not panicking, mm. where you've got a steady head and your focus is on the ball. And once you get your eyes on the ball and you follow that ball with your eyes, your, your body will react. And then it's how quick you can, your body can react after that. I mean, that takes us right back to the, the Pesca Solida one, wasn't it? Because that was a perfect yeah. example of that. Yeah, you know, and it's like, just don't, don't panic in your head, you know, and then focus on the ball, do what you do all day, you know, every day in training, and then everything else will take care of itself. You know, but the reactions, I love seeing reaction saves because they're, they're out of the ordinary. and They're not saves that you're expected to make. Mm. And how much uh, of a part does instinct play in those saves? <sighs> it's... it's it's good if you've got sharp reactions. You know, it's instinctive and react and sharp reactions. But it's a mixture of that. Um, and when when we was in training, you know, me and Bob used to do a lot of a lot of like drills, like shooting drills and things like that. And then you had to make what we called a worldie to get yourself out of the drill. Okay. You know, so you you know, if you just made it like three or four like half decent saves, we carried on. And you know, it weren't until you made like a worldy save, you know, like what I've just spoke about, or you know, a re- quick, great reaction save, or a save that you're not really expected to make, mm. then then you'd get out. <laughs> but on the other side, if you if you went in and you made like say two or three two worldies straight away, it, Bob would send you out. He'd be right, that's enough. And that was his speciality of. of giving the goalkeeper confidence even from training mm. you know because you make the saves and you feel great you know because if you go in and you make say you make two worldy saves and then you stay in a little bit longer then you make a mistake you remember the mistake of course yeah you know so you're not you're not going out full of confidence that's what one of Bob's special techniques was you know he's, he's giving goalkeepers confidence even in training yeah that's really interesting actually it brings me on quite nicely to my next point which is um so what, what percentage of your training would be set, spent just on making saves rather than you know all the other aspects of, of the goalkeeper's game? Um, I would say about... I'd say about 30%. Okay. Because you have to, in training, you have to do everything. You have to, like, cover everything. So you have to do your crosses, you have to do your distribution. Mm. You know, and then you have to do, like, like long-range shots. Um you have to do a lot of handling, you have to do a lot of footwork, you know, so you have to do a lot, of, you have to do that almost every day, Yeah. you know, just to keep you going, and then if you, if, like, in a game you've had a certain situation, you know, maybe a long shot that took a little deflection or something like that, then you might focus a little bit more on that, in that lead up to the next game. And would you but you've still got to do a bit of everything. Okay, so... You, you never know what's going to come in the game. Okay, brilliant. David, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate that. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers, David. Thanks. Bye. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, a great goal! A 
On August the 3rd, 1999, Arsenal signed a young Frenchman who played on the wing for Juventus and he would become the most feared striker in the world, Thierry Henry. A great goal scorer and a scorer of great goals, one of his finest came against Manchester United in October 2000. Henry hit it first time and hit it wonderfully. Fabulous goal from Henry. No wonder Arsene Wenger's applauding. And Pat Rice just didn't look anything on. Irving couldn't get to him and Barthez was helpless. Brilliant from Henri. Thierry would win his first trophies with the club as his 32 goals led Arsenal to doing the double in the 2001-2 season. They'd retained the FA Cup the following year after his man-of-the-match performance in a 1-0 win over Southampton. But it was his breathtaking goal in the North London derby at Highbury that would become his moment of the season. Thierry would be instrumental in the Invincibles' march to glory in 2004 and would continue to write his name into the history books, first becoming the club's all-time record goalscorer in 2005 and then by scoring a hat-trick in the final ever game at Highbury in May 2006. Here he is talking about those memorable moments. I wasn't even meant to travel. I just came back, like, I trained for two days. I had some problem with my Achilles, I remember, and, uh, and the boss said, you know what, Thierry, just come with us and... You know, you you won't play. And I came on and I scored two goals, which is wasn't the plan right from the start. But um, yeah, the only thing I, I will always I think regret is that I didn't do it at Ivory. Um, but hey, you know, it was a great thing, and uh, um, you know, it was a special moment. I wanted to celebrate it with uh, with my with my teammates. That is why when you. When you see me scoring a goal, like, I ask everybody to come and uh, uh, it was a great moment. I only played um, seven years, you know, some guys played more than me, but uh, I felt comfortable there. It was like a proper, a proper pitch, a proper football pitch and uh, something did die that day uh, in me. I knew I was never going to come back there. Whatever, whatever happened, you know, it, it's gone forever. It's not like you can see it again and, and sit down and kind of relieve the memories and, and, and whatever. You can always, you know, you have videos or whatever, it's, but it's not the same if you can't go back to the, to the stadium. I always regarded uh, Ivory as, uh, as my garden. I always used to say and joke about it, you know, I used to say it's my, my bike garden because and one thing that I'm proud of, uh, if I can say, is nobody will ever beat my record there. Because I scored the most uh, goals at, at Ivory and, and now I know that's, uh, uh, that will be impossible, obviously. And uh, uh, when the stadium, you know, when I knew it was going to be the, the last day, I knew that record was going to go also with the stadium and 
part of me was going to, to die also. Thierry would call time on his Arsenal career in June 2007 when he joined Barcelona before moving to MLS and New York Red Bulls in 2010. However, there was still one more chapter in his Arsenal career when Henri returned on loan in early 2012. Welcome back home. You couldn't write a script for it. 78 minutes, he might have lost some of his pace, he's lost none of his finishing instinct. There's the hunt with the boss, and Arsenal 12 minutes away from a fourth round tie with Villa. What a story here. Thierry would retire from the game in 2014 and finish with 228 goals in 377 appearances for the Gunners and he remains the club's all-time record goal scorer. He currently works as a pundit for Sky Sports and for the BBC and began working on his coaching badges with the club's academy last season. Now time to move on from one Arsenal legend to another and speak to Charlie George. Local lad and Arsenal legend Charlie George played 179 times for Arsenal between 1966 and 1975, scoring 49 goals, including the winner in the 1971 FA Cup final against Liverpool at Wembley. Here he is talking to Nick Brumsack about a current silky-skilled gunner in the form of Mesut Ozil. OK, so um, firstly, in which ways were you similar? Yeah, when I first we first started off years ago, I used to play in that uh, that, that uh, role just behind there. I think it's a it's a great role for the player. Mm. I mean, he, he is he has got so much ability. I just think he's uh, he probably a couple of moves in front of us at times. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's going to be up to him now to sort of take hold of the game really, because Casola's not playing for a three month. So I think that uh, I, I just think he's a class player, and I think that. Uh, you know, uh, everyone's got different attributes to the team and he, and he brings a lot of quality to the team and it's nice to see him scoring now, you know. When, when you were playing, I know you said the game's changed a lot, was there anyone who was quite similar to him in, in terms of their style and, and the way they played? Oh, um, she, uh, we, we had a, a guy who was a, a guy called... Uh, but he was, he was more or less a ball player, but I think Ozil gets more more in the box than a lot of players. Is there anything that Mesut has in his game that you would have liked to have had when, when you were playing? Uh, no, no, not really. I'm a different, you know, I mean, I, I, I could sort of kick right foot, left foot, could have the ball, could tackle. So, um, maybe he, he, uh, he might have liked some of my attributes where I could shoot from any distance. Mm. Um but uh, he's got a good engine, there's no doubt about it. If I could have had his engine on the back, I might have been all right. What do you think's made him so effective this season? Because it's I mean, definitely been his, his best campaign so far in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah, I think it's took him a little bit of time to sell. It's a lot different to playing in Spain. You know, you, when you play with the, uh, the, the best teams in Spain, then, then it becomes a little bit easier for you. You know, we're, 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 there's about four or five teams on a sort of a par over here, so therefore it a little bit harder but uh, he's definitely showing the ability that, that I thought he had he sees things very quickly he's very very sharp he knows where he, he wants to play the ball and maybe at times the players don't read the, the situation as well as him and it must be great for Arsenal's other attackers to have someone like him at the centre of most of the forward play because he, he can dictate it in that final third well, I would have thought so. I mean, if you make a run, I'm pretty sure he'll find you. He's got great technique and he'll find you, no doubt about that. And that must give you great confidence as a forward player, knowing that if, if you do your job right, you're going to be found and going to get opportunities to score. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, who else in, in the modern game do you think plays perhaps in a, in a similar way to you? I know you mentioned that, that you and Meza are quite different players. In a similar way to our play? Yeah, or, do you think the game's changed so much now that that's kind of changed the face yeah, of, of the, uh, the role? Yeah, I think it has definitely changed a lot, hell of a lot, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, Silver is a very similar to Meza Ozil, you know, mm. of uh, Man City. But um, I, don't, I don't think that, uh, that, that the players are about now. It, it, everything seems to have changed so quickly in football, you know. You know, maybe in another 20 years we go, it's gone again, you know, it's changed again. But, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's all about it's not all about one player it's all about the team and everyone's got different attributes and they they help one another and then obviously your, your, your better players give them the ball as soon as possible and let, someone, let them do some magic with it Do you think players like Mesut have more freedom now than they would have done if they were playing back in the 70s? Oh yeah for sure for sure yeah absolutely And does that just stem from, from referees or, or from um, the way in which teams are set out or why the teams are set out, I would think, and the and the refereeing situation. You know, there's no no one would have been allowed to dwell on the ball too long. But uh, I think that uh, they, they 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 can hold on to it a bit more now. I mean, you just mentioned um, that you get more time on the ball now in in the modern era. If you were playing um, 40 years after after playing, do you think that? that would benefit you? Do you think that you'd be, be an even better player because of that time? Uh, possibly, yeah. I think, I think, I think the, the, the better players would become better players. Well, Charlie, listen, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate that. No problem. Thanks Cheers, a lot. Man. All the best. Cheers. Bye. Bye. That's full time for the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. We're back on Monday the 8th of August for the 2016-17 season preview. To make sure you don't miss that, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or follow the Arsenal on SoundCloud. Until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners! The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.